Amen. You glad to be here tonight? Woo-hoo. Man, you're going to be glad you came tonight by the time you leave. Amen? I promise you, you're going to be glad you came tonight. Amen. So tonight, we're still on our series tonight concerning fear, because I have a, I have a couple things more that I've got to do. I've got to I've got to finish this series on, on no more fear. It's not a series on fear, <laughs> how to be afraid, right? <clears throat> no, it, 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 it's a series about we don't have to be afraid, amen? We do not have to be afraid in any way, shape, or form. Um, and I, I want to start tonight in Hebrews 11. Hebrews 11 and verse 1. And it says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Um, the, The Passion Translation says it like this. Now faith brings our hopes into reality and becomes the foundation needed to acquire the things that we long for. It is all the evidence required to prove what is still unseen. I'm going to read that again, just a little slower. Now, faith brings our hopes into reality and becomes the foundation needed to acquire the things that we long for. The things that you long for are where? They're in the future, right? Meaning from, a, from the next second on, they're in the future. Everybody say, in the future. So to really understand your future, you have to understand the now. Now faith is. You know, faith is not a, it's not a theory. Faith is not an idea. It's not an organization. Well, I'm of, the, of that faith. That's not the faith of the Bible. It, it's, it's none of those things. Faith is the power of God in operation. Because when you trust God for every promise in the Word and you see those promises before you, when you have faith that His promise is more real than what you see or your present condition, when you have faith in that, that's the power to bring it to pass. Now, faith is the substance of the thing that I'm hoping for. That, that, that passion, I like that. <clears throat> it's the foundation needed to acquire the things that we long for. I, I, was, I was thinking about this scripture this week. Um, faith works by love. I've taught it this way, and it doesn't mean that it's wrong, but I saw something different from that verse of scripture. Faith, it says, faith works, it works by love. And I've, I've taught it, and I've heard it taught many times, that faith works when you're walking in love. But that's not totally true. It's true, but it's not totally true. Because the real truth is this, God is love. Faith works by God, 
right? And what does God do? He walks in love. He can't walk out of love. So yeah, yeah, when, when, when you're walking in love, when you're doing it because it's right, not because you have to, okay? You're doing it because it's right. It's because of your faith in the one who is love. And it's right now. And if it's not now, then it's not faith. If you're not operating in the now with the promises of God and seeing them be more real to you than anything else in life, then it's not going to produce the results that God wants it once produced. In, um, in James 1, I just want to read this. I want to read in the New King James and then in the message. James 1 and verse 22. But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like a man observing his natural face in a mirror. For he observes himself, he goes away and immediately forgets what kind of man he is. The message says it like this. Don't fool yourself into thinking that you're a listener when you're anything but. Letting the word go in one ear and out the other. Act on what you hear. Those who hear and don't act are like those who glance in the mirror, walk away, and two minutes later have no idea who they are, what they look like. Something I've, I've observed, and I've been talking to you in the last three weeks since our celebration. Has it been three, it's been three weeks ago. Since our celebration, I've been telling you that we're a church living now and forward. We're forgetting what's behind, and we're pressing into the future. And we have to press into the future with faith so that we're not ruled and riddled with fear. And a lot of times, and, and, and I'm, not, I'm not judging anybody when I say this. Everybody hear what I said? I'm not judging a soul when I say this. But I hear a lot in, in, in the Christian world taught on faith. I hear a lot taught on faith. I'm, I'm around a lot of people that teach the scriptures that talk about faith. But you find out where a person's at. I mean, you can be in, in someone's presence for five minutes, and, and sometimes the way some people talk, you can know their whole life in five minutes. And in many cases, you know whether people are developing and walking by faith or not by what they say. So you can hear the scriptures and you can talk about it. He said right here, if you're a hearer and not a doer, you walk in deception. He said that. I didn't say it. And I know for a fact, when, I'm just, when I've been a hearer and I've not been a doer, I, 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 and, and I'm telling myself it's working anyway because I'm denying the, the apparent circumstances and, and, and walking in denial, it's because I'm in deception. Because when you hear this word today, when this is finished tonight, you need to take this and meditate on it and spend time in it because when, when I preach the word, you're going to hear the scriptures because you got to be able to take the scriptures and, and align the scriptures with what I said. I'm giving you my ideas and examples from my perspective, but you've got to make it real for you. And you can hear all you want, but if every other word out of your mouth is doubt and unbelief, 
And it's talking about how bad everything is. And, and what you're doing is actually calling things that are as though they are. Instead, God created us to call those things that, that appear to be a certain way as though they're not. And if you don't develop that, okay, you can't live in the now because you're always waiting for the future to produce something kind of like out of the clouds. Faith is now. And I'll just tell you this. Every desire that you have in your life, I don't care who you are, every desire you have, everything that you're longing for, everything you want to see manifested, listen to me, is in the seed of God's Word. It's in that seed. And in the seed of the Word, if I take the Word and I develop a daily routine of confession of His Word and declaring what He says, over time what happens is, if I don't quit, I'll say it again, if you don't quit and you develop a routine in the Word, even is the ability and the power to do what you need to do. It's there. You know why? Because it changes the way you think. I've said this to you before. When you live in now faith, it, it changes the perception of God. So when a person has an idea that faith is an organization, that faith is a theory or an idea, something that people have dreamed up or made up, when people have that perception of God... The only way that can change is if a person gets what I'm talking to you about tonight and gets it in their heart and realizes you can't live a day without the confession and the declaration of the Word of God to change the way you think so that the perception of God changes in you so that it changes in the lives of everybody around you. Most people are afraid of God. Tonight we're talking about living a life of no more fear, but you'll never be free from fear if you're not living in faith right now. And nowhere in Scripture does it ever tell us that we have to live in perfected faith today. Actually, with just a little bit of faith, you can move mountains. Yeah. You know what it is about faith? It has to be being developed. And if it's not being developed day to day, then it's powerless and it can't produce because God can't work on your and my behalf because he's already done everything that he's going to do. And for, that, for those things to manifest day to day in our lives, we have to be actively involved in allowing the seed of the word to get inside of us so that we pay attention internally and not pay attention at what we see with our eyes and hear with our ears. What happened with, with Abraham, I'm going to read a scripture tonight that talks about how we're connected to Abraham. And what did it say about Abraham in John in uh, uh, Romans chapter 4? In the 20th verse said, he became persuaded, convinced, absolutely persuaded that what God had promised, he was able to do it. You and I are of that seed of Abraham, and we have to learn it the same exact way. Took him 24 years to come to a place where he really believed what God had said over him. So it really doesn't matter how long it takes. What matters is, what are you doing today? Because God wants you living right now in faith. 
He wants you to believe in him today, right now concerning his promises, because he wants things manifesting in your life more than you do. I'm going to pray for you tonight at the end of the service. Anybody that stands to their feet, based on what I'm going to tell you, I'm praying and believing God with you for. Because we're living in a season and a time when God wants the word that's in us to be producing. I mean, we're not living anymore. I'm not, I refuse to live on this earth and not see things producing, I mean, all the time. As the centurion who had the greatest faith in all of Israel, it says that the centurion believed God. And what happened? He said, as you believe, so it will be done for you. And in that hour, his servant was healed. In the hour. One translation says, immediately his servant was healed. Why? Because he believed. What does that mean? He had faith in the God, in God who is love. He had faith in that, and the, and the, the power that, that ignites from faith in the one that said he would do what he would do, the power that ignites is what causes things to happen and come to pass. So, you know, the idea that if something's not working in your life that you don't have enough faith, that idea is false. It's absolutely false. But what it is, is the lack of developed faith. It's not the lack of faith. Everybody's been given the same measure of faith, right? And if two people take Brian, he and I are about the same size. He's just a tad bit taller. But you take Brian and I, okay, and you can tell uh, when you look at our bodies that I've spent a whole lot more time working out than Brian has. <laughs> what are you laughing about? <clears throat> but listen, what, whatever, whatever you do in exercising your body is how that body's going to be developed. Well, you know, I'm just, not as, I'm just not as whatever as that other person. No, no, no. You can't be the victim where that's concerned. Because you know what? If you're the victim where your body's concerned, then you'll be the victim where faith is concerned. Well, you know, I just, I, I, I haven't had all that, you know, that Pastor Burt's had. And you don't know what I had or didn't have. Well, some of you do, but no, some of it. But you understand? We can't be the victim. We can't play the victim. And I promise you, the other things in life that you struggle with, you get the faith thing right, and everything will be worked out. Why? Because the way you develop faith and live and walk in faith, is in, it's all found in the seed of the Word. What I'm delivering to you tonight is the Word of God. Two or three things that I'm going to say here in just a moment should liberate and change your life forever. Ever. Why? I mean, it should be that way the next service and the next service. Why? Because one word from God can change you in, in, in amazing ways because of what's in the seed of the word. It's not because of how eloquently I preach it, okay? It's what you do with it when you hear it. Because the Holy Spirit, the true teacher, takes what is preached and will reveal it to you and develop in you that revelation that will cause you to walk by faith and not by what you see and how you feel and the way things appear to be. Abraham became convinced that what God had promised him, it was coming to pass. He became convinced. If Abraham can become convinced, you can become convinced. Can you say amen to that? I believe it with all my heart. And this verse that we've read many times around here just drives that point home. 
Luke chapter 1, verse 37 in the NIV. No word from God will ever fail. No word from God will ever fail. So, when I'm, as I'm delivering to you the word of God tonight, and I'm giving you information about how the word works and that the word will work for you, as I'm delivering that, that if, that's, if it's from God's word and you believe that what I'm telling you is truth, and and it is the Word of God, then no word from God coming through someone else's mouth, coming to you as you declare and confess the Word of God on a day-to-day basis, no word from God will ever fail. Ever fail. I mean, I said ever fail. Ever fail. So what do we have to do? We have to take the word we hear literally as though I don't care how things look. I don't care how long things have looked like they haven't worked. God is saying to you, as you press in and you don't quit, you will receive. Abraham didn't quit. Joseph didn't quit. King David didn't quit. Person after person after person in the Bible. The apostle Paul didn't quit. It took the Apostle Paul many years to be prepared and ready because he had to get some of that old stuff out of him. I mean, he was a crusader for God killing Christians. He had to get that mess out of his mind. He had to renew his mind. I mean, everybody in the Bible that did anything for God, it, their journey was a lengthy period of time. So it really doesn't matter how much. Well, that his was a little more than, it doesn't matter. Get into it today. Make the decision I'm pressing into this. I'm not just talking about faith. I'm not just going to hear messages about faith. I walk by faith. I walk by faith and not by what I see, how I feel, or how the circumstances look. I don't, I'm not moved by those things. I walk only and entirely by faith in God. If we couldn't do that, then he wouldn't have put it in here. We can do it. Say it, I can do it. Man, we can do this. Amen? Third John. Third. John, verse 2. Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. For I rejoice greatly When brethren came and testified of the truth that is in you, just as you walk in the truth. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in the truth, that they walk in the truth. Not just know what what certain things say, and yet, out of sight, out of mind, like it said in in, uh, James 1, you can hear it, but if you don't do anything with it, I mean, it's not two minutes and you're out of sight, out of mind, and all of a sudden you find yourself saying all kinds of things out of your mouth that don't line up with what his word said. If Dale and I are engaged in some kind of a conversation, somewhere in our conversation, I'm saying this about Dale because I know Dale and I know what's in him. Somewhere in our conversation, there could be something that is brought up that we kind of stumble over what we're saying because we're watching what we're going to say. 
Now, I can be in the presence of other people where I'm in conversation with them and I'm thinking they believe certain things about what God's Word said, but what's coming out of their mouth doesn't line up with what I thought they believed. And, and like I said, I'm not judging anybody. I'm just saying, I'm just asking you tonight, what do you want? I'm asking you tonight, what do you want from the things of God? What gets everything that he's promised? See, if God, if his book wasn't full of promises, I wouldn't be talking like this. I'm not up here trying to convince you of something that is almost like make-believe or some fairy tale. I'm talking about what God has promised. I mean, you, you think of, of how many different categories in the Bible that are promises of God that belong to us because of what Jesus did. And you've heard me say this many times. When Jesus got to the garden, after everything in his life and his three and a half years of ministry, and he went through the 12 hours of torture that he went to, it began in the garden. And when he got to the garden, out of his own mouth, he declared that his will and the Father's will were apart. But Jesus made the choice, Father, if there be any other way, let this cup pass from me, but not my will, but yours be done. And you know what I believe? I believe that when he said that, he empowered you and I to be able to choose God's way over our way every single time. How are you going to know what's God's way or what's your way if you don't have the seed of the word planted inside of you? The seed of the word and, and, and that seed coming out of your mouth. If, 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 I'm, in, if I'm where I, in, in, in my, the area where I have my daily routine of the word, and I'm, a lot of times I'm walking when I'm confessing the word. Father, I thank you that the greater one lives in me, that the greater is he that's in me that, than he that's in the world. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. If you're for me, nobody can be against me. I'm the head and not the tail. I'm above and not beneath. I'm blessed coming in and going out. If I'm in that routine, I'm not in that routine trying to move God and get God to do something. I'm in that routine to renew my mind and get me aware of what God says. So that, so that when I leave that routine and I'm in the real world and I'm walking, you know, you can pray in the spirit wherever you go. Do whatever you want to do, however you want to do it. But when I'm in my, when I'm out of my routine on a day-to-day -day basis and I'm dealing with the real world and a situation arises where it looks like that situation is bigger than God. No, oh, 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 no. The tendency is to say, oh my God, what am I going to do? Oh my God, what about this? No, no, no. See, you have to begin to train yourself to believe this. It's not you're, ta you're, you're making yourself say something. You're, you're making yourself say something different than what you really want to say. I promise you, if, if you're hurting in a certain way, if something financial is not working, if something where the peace of God, if somebody's attacking you or all kinds of things that are going on, I mean, your flesh wants to react to that situation. And your flesh reacts based on what your mind, what your unrenewed part of your soul says to do. The battle is that I want to grow up spiritually on the inside so that my internal mind, my internal spirit, the internal part of me that's one with the Holy Spirit is the one that conveys to my head, this is what we believe, not what it looks like. Yeah. Did you hear what I said? I'm going to say it again. From internal, 
inside of me, the stronger that I get because of my routine and the seed of the Word, then what happens is I'm practicing things. How many in here, um, you've ever had a headache? A few of us. Anyway, everybody's had a headache at some time. Who has ever taken aspirin for a headache of some kind? Advil, aspirin, Tylenol, something, everybody's taking something, right? Okay, so how many of you, don't raise your hand, it doesn't matter, how many of you, when it's come to taking aspirin or something like that, some kind of medication for a headache, how many of you, don't raise your hand, don't tell me you do or you don't, because I don't care. I mean, I care, but I don't care. But how many of you speak the word first? See, he sent his word and healed me. Did he heal me of just cancer and not headaches? He took my pain upon him. Anybody ever had a painful headache? Man, I've had a painful one. Am I telling you not to take aspirin, Tylenol, Advil, or anything else? I didn't say that. Not even. What I'm saying to you is, what if the next time your head hurt, you begin to take the healing scriptures that you've already been confessing? See, that was in your daily routine so that when a headache comes, you have something, you have something in your arsenal to attack with. So the next time that your head hurts, Father, I thank you that your word is true. I thank you, Lord, right now. This head is really hurting, but I know that you healed me 2,000 years ago. By the stripes of Jesus, I am healed. I speak to the pain in my head. You took my pain, and I declare today that my head is healed in Jesus' name. I thank you that these two aspirin I'm fixing to take are going to help me, and they're going to work extra fast, and it's going to remove this. And, and also, as you're praying, God may give you something about why your head is hurting. He may give you wisdom about stress or pressure or things that are coming against you. So let's say that the next potential 10 headaches that you have, you do that. Just like what I said. So the 11th time that your head begins to hurt, all of a sudden you begin to speak the word. And from inside of you, God says to you, don't take that aspirin. I didn't say that. Pastor Burke came to your house and told you not to take aspirin because you don't have any faith. Right? But the 11th time that your head was hurting and, and, and where traditionally you would just take the aspirin, the Holy Spirit says to you, believe me for this. Well, Pastor, I tried that one time and 15 minutes later I was still hurting. Man, you were a trooper. But you begin to speak the word and begin to thank God. I can't tell you how many times that God told me, don't say anything, don't tell anybody, don't nothing, just stand in faith. Sometimes it was instantly, sometimes in several hours, sometimes the next day, sometime, some, at times it was a couple of days. Situations that would have normally in the natural maybe taken three weeks or a month if I didn't take medication or I didn't get help about with something that went on. But it all came from my daily routine of the seed of the word changing the way that I think. And in that daily routine, thanking God for his promises so that when something attacks me, 
that goes contrary to the promise, I have something internally that is beginning to rise up. You understand what I'm saying? So if you're going to take the aspirin, just pray and thank God first and foremost, and then take the aspirin or whatever. And I'm just saying, just be prepared. There's going to come a day possibly that God may say to you. I'm talking about God speaking to your spirit and telling you, don't take that medication. Don't get that help in that situation. Don't tell everybody in the world to pray for you. What? Would God ever say something like that? Absolutely. He's told me many times. Don't tell the soul. I want you to do this. And you know why he spoke to me like that? Because I have a routine where I have developed the seed of the word and it's in me. He knows what's in me. I don't really know. I, at times, I didn't know how much was in me, but he knew what was in me. And that's why he said, and you can choose to obey him or not, but he said, I want you to do this. Don't tell everybody. There's times when I've shared examples of things that have happened like that, but way after the story. When it was an example to encourage someone else that faith works, right? I can't tell you how important that hearing the voice of God is so connected and tied to walking by faith and being delivered of fear. Now, Mark 4, let's, let's just look at this real quick. <clears throat> Mark 4. And you know the story, I'll just re- I'm going to read the story and then just get to the point. And a great windstorm arose and the waves beat into the boat so that it was already filling, but he was in the stern asleep on a pillow. And they awoke him and they said to him, teacher, do you care that we're perishing? Then he arose and he rebuked the wind and he said to the sea. Why did Jesus rebuke the wind and speak to the sea? I don't know how many times in Scripture he said he only does what Father says. So the only reason that he rebuked the wind, listen, I mean, when the wind's blowing and you don't like the wind, that doesn't mean you can rebuke the wind and the wind goes away. It depends on if Father said rebuke it. Speak to it. He rebuked the wind and spoke to the waters, commanded everything to settle down. Why? Because Father told it. Now watch this. He said, peace be still, and it's stilled. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm, but he said to them, why are you so fearful, and how is it that you have no faith? You can't separate, you cannot separate abundance of fear and no faith. They go hand in hand. When you have an abundance of fear, you have no faith. You can't mix them. It's like oil and water. You can't mix them. Now, the scripture we've read throughout this series, I want to read these two verses in Job 3. It says, Job said, For the thing that I greatly feared has come upon me, and what I dreaded has happened to me. I am not at ease, nor am I quiet. I have no rest, for trouble comes. Why? Trouble and fear was not in Job's life for any other reason than the fact that he already had fear. He wasn't afraid because of the fact that bad things happened. Bad things happened because he was in fear. The promises of God didn't manifest in Job's life in in certain areas that we're talking about right here because he already had fear. And I've told you this before, but but I'm I'm, I'm leading to a a verse of Scripture that I'm going to end this with. I've told you this before, 
that everybody that has been born into this world was born into fear. You were born into a fear-filled world. Everybody was. No matter whether your parents were Christians or not, everybody's born into a fear-filled world because the devil is the god of the system, the way of thinking in the world. And there's all kinds of things. And, you know, some people have an advantage because of the word. I'm telling you tonight, you have an advantage over fear because of the seed of the word. See, we don't have to stay that way. I don't care what you were born into, you don't have to stay in fear. And what Job didn't do is get rid of the fear. He listened to the people. He listened to his wife in a situation when he shouldn't have. He listened to friends and family. And he listened to them so much that he was in fear instead of trusting God and believing God. God wants you and I trusting him and and letting fear know it has no place to operate. Where do you find the fear? You find the fear in situations where you're not in faith. You cannot separate no faith and the abundance of fear. When you are fearing something and you don't know what to do, it's because of the lack of faith. How does faith come? Faith comes by hearing. What does that represent? The seed of the word going in you and beginning to change the way that you think. Remember, faith that's in the now changes the perception of God in you and all the people around you. It changes the perception of God. Faith now when faith is being developed and it's producing now situations, I'll just tell you this. A now situation of faith is when you stop something in its tracks because of what you know the word says. When you stop something in the natural, in its tracks, because you're looking at a situation that looks like it's bigger than God, no, no. Greater is he that is in me than he that's in the world. doesn't mean that you'll always say something like that. But you're going to say something in line with God's word because the word is what stops it. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes out of the mouth of God. Well, those words that have come out of the mouth of God are now being sown into our hearts so they can come out of our mouth so that what we say is what God already says is so. And if God says I'm healed, then I'm healed. If God says I'm prosperous, then I'm prosperous. If God says I'm a servant, then I'm a servant. I didn't get a lot of amens out of that servant one. But you you, you understand what I'm saying. If God says it in the word and it's a promise, then it's mine to have. And God wants me to have faith. And to do that, I'm going to have to... I'm going to have to withstand all the opposition that comes that wants to talk me out of that promise being true. It's vital, folks. We can't be people that are going to live in our future if we're not living now in what I'm telling you right now. We've got to believe this like we've never believed it in our lives. We've got to apply it and begin to change the things that we say. And it all starts with what you say. It all starts with what you say. If you're not speaking daily the Word of God and developing a routine that you believe in in that Word, then there's, then there's, there's nothing that is in the form of revelation that's going to open up to you to be able to receive what God has already done for you. I'm not confessing the Word to try to get God to do something. I'm confessing the word to change my mind so that I find myself in faith right now 
when there's opposition that tries to tell me it's not true. And in a nutshell, that's the way the kingdom works. That's kingdom 101. That's the way the kingdom works. And when I'm in faith, then I'm not in fear. No more fear here. I mean, you won't go wrong every day, 40 times a day, declaring, I have no fear in me. Right? Right? I have no fear in me. Fear has no place in my life whatsoever. <clears throat> so, all that said, I want to take these last two verses of Scripture and pull this together. Proverbs 29, 18. I'm going to read it in the New King James and then also in the message. Proverbs uh, 29 and 18. Where there is no revelation... The people cast off restraint, but happy is he who keeps the law. Do you have that for me in the message? I don't have that written down, and I don't want to look it up. The message of 29.18, Proverbs 29.18. If people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. And the only way to see what God is doing is to see it through his word because if, 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 I'm, if I'm going out of town tomorrow and Brian asks me, where are you going tomorrow? The only way he's going to know that I'm going there is by my words. only way we're going to know the nature and the person of God is to know him by his words. And he said right here, he said, if, if people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. But when they attend to what he reveals, they are most blessed. God is revealing himself to you and I every minute of every day. This isn't, what I'm talking to you about right here is not a law, it's a way of life. Yeah, it's, it's the law of the spirit of life that's in Christ Jesus. That's what it is. But it's not a legalistic law of something that you have to do. It's something that we're privileged and honored to be able to do and see it work. Because ultimately, and I've said this to you this year, that for the perception of God to change in the minds of other people, there's got to be somebody that it's changed in them. That God is not just... Faith is not just an organization, it's not an idea, it's not some theory, it's not something that, you know, somebody's dreamed up, you know, to, to have faith in something and, and not really understand it. No, faith is what the Bible says it is. Faith is the substance of the thing that you hope for, the evidence of the thing not seen yet, but it's like you have it before you have it. And it is the power from God to see that come to pass. And everything that you need to make this operate is in the seed of that word itself. I'm just telling you tonight, in the days ahead, you've got to be busy filling your mouth with what God says is so. And as you do it, it's amazing what is revealed to you through the seed of the word. It, it doesn't work like a magic trick. You don't confess a few scriptures and something changes. You begin to confess what God says is so, and it begins to change your perception of who God is and how God operates. One, 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 of, the, one of the biggest enemies against the, the, the church moving forward in this day and hour is the past. In other words, what didn't happen? Well, we tried this and it didn't work. <laughs> 
where we did this for a little while and it just didn't work. That's one of the greatest enemies to the church of Jesus Christ today is what hasn't worked in the past. Paul said one thing, forget what's behind. Man, from today on, I'm pressing toward the mark. And listen, I've told you and I'll tell you again, that mark is all about my relationship with God through the word. I wish it was deeper than this. But it's not any deeper than that. I, I think Christianity 101 is all we're going to get past here on this earth. We'll hit, we'll hit faith 102 in heaven. But we got to get 101 done first. And what I'm talking to you, this is just basics. But we got to get the basics right. And God says it's not great to always have to go back to the basics, but we have to go back to the basics until we get the basics right. And what I'm telling you tonight is, to have vision for the future, you've got to live in the now. I'm going to say it again. To have faith for your future, you've got to be living by faith in God in, in the now, right now. Every, and the now is right now, an hour from now, tomorrow morning, all day tomorrow, the next day and the next day. You know why? Um, but you know what about that? It's, it's not trying to live by faith. God's already there. Fifteen minutes from now, God's already in fifteen minutes from now. I don't have to develop faith. I don't have to make faith work on my own. It's in me applying the principles of his word. And so, again, your future is in your now. Your future is seeing clearly right now who God is and you developing that. You know what? Being worried about tomorrow, being thinking about tomorrow, trying to set a 5, 10, 20-year plan. I'm not saying don't have goals. You have to have goals. I mean, I, I'm telling you, my wife and I, Becky and I, have strong vision for the next decade. Strong vision. But that vision's not going to happen and materialize if we're not living in the fullness of right now. All that God has right now. Just get that. And so, I want to end with this verse. <clears throat> and this is a great verse. If you're Christ's, this is Galatians 3.29. If you are Christ's, then are you Abraham's seed. Okay, so just look at that Abraham verse that we read a minute ago too. I want to I just reread that. Um, Romans 4. And verse, um, and verse 17. Or verse 18. who contrary to hope, in hope, believed. This is Abraham. So that he became the father of many nations according to what was spoken, so shall your descendants be. Who's that? Us, if we're Christ. How many are Christ tonight? If you're born again, you're Christ. If you're born again, you're Christ. Actually, if you're born 
you're Christ. But you don't have connection to what we're talking about tonight until you connect with the second birth, right? But we're all created in the image of God. I don't care who we were. And everybody was created to be born a second time. So we're the seed of Abraham if we're Christ. So he said, he said, so shall your descendants be. And not being weak in faith, he did not consider his own body already dead since he was about 100 years old and the deadness of Sarah's womb. He did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief. But we know he did. I mean, for a solid 12 years, he did. I mean, listen, Abraham had to get the lion out of him. Lying, not a lion. He had to, they had to get the deception and lying and trying to help God out and adultery and listening to people say things and do things that he shouldn't have been listening to. He had to get some things worked out. Has anybody in here had to work some things out in your life? We're of the seed of Abraham. But see, in faith, in faith, I can claim what Abraham claimed. And when he began to claim it, his 90-plus-year-old wife got pregnant. Not from somebody else, from him at 100 years old. She had a dead womb earlier, never had had children, and she got pregnant. And you know when it started? When he began to call himself who God said he was. He began to lay down trying to help God out and make it happen. When he laid those things down, then what's, what is... Nowhere in, the, in, nowhere in the New Testament can you find anything about Abraham's dirty laundry. All we find out is he's the father of faith and that he believed God. He did what God said to do. And the deadness of Sarah's womb, he did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God and being fully convinced that what God had promised, he was able to perform it. And, and all of that, all that testimony of Abraham's life is for the descendants, which is you and I. So this is what I say over myself all the time. I do not waver at the promise of God through unbelief. Not any promise. I said not any promise. Can you say amen to that? No promise. I, I, I don't waver at the promise of having the ability to walk in love. I don't waver at the promise where healing is concerned. I don't waver at the promise of being able to hear the voice of God you know, see, the tendency is, well, you know, you just never know what God's going to do. I mean, you know, I don't know that you talk about hearing God, but I just don't know. it. That's what has to change. When it finally changed with Abraham after about 24 years, things changed in his life. You know what takes a long time? Is us making the choice that Jesus made to bring what the Father's will was into line with his will. He made the choice to do it. And the moment you do, as you believe, so it will be done for you, just like the centurion, concerning anything in God's word when you believe it. So see, that's why my routine is not about changing God. My routine daily of the word is about changing me. 
so that when I'm in a situation where faith has to arise because of what I've said, because of the seed of the word, I'm in faith. Your head can be screaming over a situation and your heart being the strongest faith that you've ever been in in your life. Your head saying, there's no way, there's no way, but that's not what's going to come out of my mouth. And listen, after a while, when you train yourself that way, it's not hard to not say those kind of things. Like I said earlier, if Dale and I were in a conversation and he, was, he came in and he said, oh, you know, I've, something's kind of attacked my body or my chest, and uh, he might say something like, well, I'm not saying that I'm sick, but I got symptoms. See, you say, well, you know, that's not that big of a deal. Well, it depends on what you want. It depends on what you want to work on to get the results that you're looking for in every area. That's maybe a simple little thing, and, and if he slips up or says something about it, it's not the end of the world. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying that I know when I'm talking to somebody what they're working on because of what they're being aware of coming out of their mouth, because the mouth is the key. Death and life are in the power of what I say out of my mouth. And it's not death where ceasing to exist, it's death and destruction, or life and blessing is, is a result of what comes out of my mouth. And if that's absolutely true because the Word said it's true, and the, and, and, and the Word never lies, then i got to change the way I talk. That's what Abraham did, and you and I are descendants of Abraham, and because we're descendants of Abraham, then Galatians 3.29 is for us. And I'll end with this. If I'm Christ then I'm Abraham's seed. And I'm heir according to the promise. What promise? Every promise. Yeah, the promise of the Spirit, but every promise in God's Word. Where healing is concerned, where hearing God is concerned, where prosperity is concerned, where serving is concerned, like I said earlier, where any promise in the Word of God... Where, where peace is concerned in your life, where sweet sleep is concerned, many people struggle with having sweet sleep, I promise you, your sleep will change. If you're supposed to get some kind of contraption to put on your face and, and, and sleep at night, do that. But declare what God's Word says first and foremost. If, you're, if you've got one of those contraptions, every night before you put that on, thank God. Lord, you said in Proverbs 3 that your beloved have sweet sleep. And I know, Lord, that I'm your favorite. I know that you love me as much as you love Jesus. And I thank you tonight that I have sweet sleep as I lay down tonight. You may, you may put the, 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 that hose thing on your mouth. Uh, my, my mother, when she was alive, the last probably four or five years, six years that she was alive, she had one of those. And, and, and you may do that every night. And then one night, because of what you're saying, because of how you're renewing your mind, because of how aware you are, one night, the Holy Spirit may say to you, don't put it on. And you sleep all night. Thank me. Just begin to thank me that I'm healed. Just begin to thank, thank me that you're healed. Just begin to, he'll begin to tell you something. Instead of putting that thing on, he may tell you to do something else. But until he tells you anything else, just put it on. But before you put it on, thank him that you have sweet sleep. And I'll tell you this, the machine will work better than it's ever worked before. You may keep the machine for however long, whatever. But what matters is you hear God 
about how to make the change and the alteration at the proper time. God will show you how to do that. Never, never just, you know, take something that somebody says and go run out and get rid of this and get rid of that and finish this and don't do that or whatever. You've got to learn to hear God. Hearing God is the key to the decisions that we make that make the difference in everything that we do. If I'm Christ, then I'm Abraham's seed, and I'm an heir to every promise in God's word. Can you say amen tonight? Tonight, you know of something, anything, I don't care what it is that you have struggled to see manifestation in your life. You know it. You know there's something. I'm not talking about just day-to-day things. I'm talking about something that has really pressured you and you've not seen results. I'm telling you tonight that my faith is so high to agree with you for results in your life. I'm telling you, I'm not trying to pump you up and have some false expectation. I'm I'm saying something that you really believe God for. Tonight I'm believing that the change is, is manifesting. Now listen, the change comes from the seed of the word. And what my prayer for you tonight is that you get a hold in a greater way of your routine and you're developing the revelation of God's word concerning what it is that you're believing for. Something something that someone stands for tonight may happen instantly. It may happen way down the road. But I'm praying that wisdom and revelation come to you about how to walk this out and the things that you need to be saying on a daily basis until you see it manifest, because it will come to pass. God said in his word in Galatians 6, 9, don't be weary in doing well. Don't be weary, don't get weary in confessing God's word and declaring how great God is. For if you don't quit, you will reap. That's a promise in the word, and if I'm Christ, which I am, which you are, if we're Christ, then we're Abraham's seed, and we are heirs to those promises. Amen? So if it's you tonight, everybody just close your eyes for a moment. If you say, Pastor, I'm hearing what you're saying, and I've, I, I, you know, and you just, you, you know, a lot of times we just know what just needs to be changed. Sometimes, it, and a lot of times, it's just a few things that just need to be tweaked. But thank God for the power of the Word of God as it goes forth. It will not return void, but accomplish what it was set out to accomplish. I believe that on your behalf. And tonight, if you say that is you, that there's something pressing, something you've not seen manifested in a long period of time, I just want you to stand to your feet. Just stand to your feet. You know it's you. Don't, don't, don't be looking around who is and who isn't standing. It doesn't matter who's standing or who isn't. Somebody that's standing is in faith standing. They're not in lack of faith because they're standing, they're in faith making the stand, saying, this is over with. The days of not seeing manifestation are over with. The days of not trusting and having solid faith in the power of the seed of God's word, those days are over with. I am an heir to every promise in God's word because of the faith of Abraham and I declare that same spirit is on the inside of you and you have the same faith that Abraham had. Glory to God. So Father, tonight, every person that has stood in this place, I declare in the name of Jesus whether the promise is concerning health and healing in their body, 
whether the promise is concerning prosperity that they've not seen manifest and happen, if, if, if it's things that have to do with destiny and, and, and not being able to hear your voice, not sure about what it is that you're saying, tonight clarity is coming to every person in the house that is standing. Every person that's standing tonight, clarity is coming to them. They're seeing clearly, they're hearing clearly, clearly and knowing exactly what you want them to do. And they are doers of the word, not just hearers of that word. Tonight, Lord, my faith, I, I release it and I pray and, and I just declare that's coming to pass in the name of Jesus. It's coming to pass tonight. Each and every person in the house, it's all coming to pass. It's coming to pass tonight in the name of Jesus. Not, not in the sweet by and by, not someday, just, it's, it's just going to happen and fall into their laps. No, it's coming because of their determination to do your will bringing their will and your will into unity and harmony. Them choosing. I'm not doing it my way. I'm doing it yours. Your elder brother Jesus struggled with it in the garden when it was taking all the sins and everything that would ever come against humanity on himself. He didn't sin. It's not a sin, or it would have been for Jesus to have doubt about what it is that you're facing. But he didn't give in to it. He chose to do God's will. And when you speak what God's will is, it shuts down everything else. Tonight, Father, I believe for manifestation on behalf of every person in the house. I believe it. I see it. I see it clearly. And I believe it's manifesting even as we're talking right now. It's coming to pass. Whether it's today, tomorrow, whenever, they're getting it right now. Their future is in what they're receiving and doing with what they're hearing right now. We give you the praise. We give you the glory and the honor. And everybody said... Amen and amen. Come on, let's praise God like it's so and like it's a done thing tonight. Woo! Glory to God in the name.